This is Daryl Hawk, and you're listening to Outside the Stalls. Can't you see? Gotta hope you see. There's more to you than you and me. Quit your life, as well set you free. I was watching you, though you couldn't see. Beneath the shade of a big tree. And throw your cards all in with me. And I'll show you things you've never seen. The glory of God in his angels' wings. Yeah, come on, go. Welcome to Outside the Stalls, episode one. And we have Daryl Hawk here. My name is Zach Hartman, and I'm uh, privileged to introduce you to to Daryl. And um, Daryl has been a, a friend of mine for um, for 11 years. We met in 2009 when Daryl was a, a youth pastor at Southmont um, Baptist Church, and um, and I volunteered with you um, underneath you and worked youth ministry with you and. Um, it's really how our, our friendship began, but I know there's just a, a ton more than, than that about you personally. And so, um, really just want to get your kind of your background, who's Daryl, what, you know, what does Daryl do and, and kind of the background behind you and, uh, and kind of, uh, you know, kind of your life story real quick. Well, the first thing I want to mention is one of my best memories of you is at a lock-in face down sleeping when you should have been watching children. Um, and so I really appreciate all the help you gave me as a, as a youth worker. So thank, thank you for that. Um, so if I had to put myself in a category, a lot of people have asked me, like, who are you? Because I have so many varied uh, interests and things that I've wanted to do in my lifetime. And I say I boil it down to one word, and that's mentor. Like, my heart is to help people be better, to help them grow, to help them know Jesus in a deeper way, to help them uh, release fears and to take steps in their life. And so I think if I, if I try to boil myself down to one word, it's mentor, but then I say other words like entrepreneur and I would say sports nerd. Yeah. I would say burrito connoisseur. Uh, I love burritos and chimichangas. Um, and, and, but I would also say stuff like pastor, you know, I spent much of my years as a pastor in some sort of fashion, whether it was to students or adults or men or, or people looking for, for connection in the church. And so I, I feel like I carry a lot of titles. But again, if you take all those titles and put them into one, it's mentor. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Just, you know, knowing you for 11 years and looking at, uh, you know, just your journey just in the past decade, um, going from youth ministry to um, to working several different ministries at, at another location, just working, you know, men's ministry and working with, uh, you know, doing counseling and, uh, and now going into, you know, looking at your career in real estate and just kind of, and looking at the things that you're still doing, you know, still looking to, uh, mentor and to, you know, and to lead people, um, you know, when you're doing, you're still doing youth ministry, uh, volunteering with that and still speaking and doing all those different kind of things. And, uh, for, for me, the, the pleasure has always been just watching you pour into others and and just really um, looking from you know looking standing back from it and just kind of looking at it from a I kind of guess a lot a wide lens kind of thing. It's just that every conversation we've ever had has been about um, about how how do you how do you glorify Christ and and what you do, even if it's real estate or if it's you know if it's pastoring or if it's youth ministry, whatever it is, how do you bring Christ into that? And so that's always been. Um, that's always been, you know, something that's been a pleasure for me to see. Um, and it's, and, you know, it, and it's, you know, it spoke to me as well. And, you know, I think that kind of led us to our conversation, you know, a few months ago when, 
we were talking about just kind of the things that um, you wanted to focus on, the goals and, and, and how you wanted to bring people um, you know, closer to, to Christ and how you wanted to bring people to um, kind of this, this, this understanding of, um, of their fear and their anxiety and all those different things that, um, that p- people deal with on a daily basis. And we started talking about really just these funny stories from what we would see as these funny stories for the youth that you kind of looked at and said, you know, yeah, they're funny stories, but they're also, you know, real life metaphors for you and your life. And, um, and it really kind of got into our conversation when we started thinking like, Hey, let's, let's do this. Let's record this podcast and let's, let's really get this message out there. Um, and so we introduced this as the outside of stalls podcast. And so, um, so the question I'm going to ask you is why outside of stalls? Why is that the name of the podcast and what significance does that have for you? I want to go back real quick to what you said earlier about, you know, me being about uh, mentoring. And I think that was birthed out of people who did mentor me and people who refused to. Um, when I saw my life and the things that I wanted to accomplish, and there were so many people who gave up on me when I made a mistake or gave up on me when I didn't, I didn't do what they thought I should do or that I didn't choose the thing they think they thought I should choose that they gave up on me quickly. And so my passion to mentor was partly because I wasn't mentored and then partly because people came along later in my life who did mentor me, who, who gave me the love and care that I needed. And then going back to the story, why outside the stalls? Well, it goes back to a story in high school for me. Um, I was the kind of kid that would do anything to make myself the center of attention. I would, uh, I would, you know, eat pizza under an umbrella at Mr. Gaddy's or I would, you know, I, and so I decided at some point that the thing to do was to do forward rolls in public. People call them forward rolls. People call them somersaults. I'm not sure what you call them. And I'm not sure whatever gave me the idea that it was something that was going to be cool, but it became something that I began to do in public places. And we'll call them forward rolls at this time. But I guess my question is, is why, I mean, why forward rolls? Like, why was that? something that you just thought, Hey, this would be a great thing to do in the middle of a restaurant or outside in public. Like why, what, what's the purpose of this? Like, what's the, what's the idea of it? I don't know that there was a lot of forethought uh, <laughs> to, to why it was just, we were at Burger King, me and a group of my friends. Um, I was not under the influence of anything. I was <laughs> under the influence of being myself. Right. Um, and, uh, and I told him, I was like, Hey, throw open the doors and I'm going to roll in. And I just thought it was like probably the grandest entrance you could make into an establishment was to roll in there because it, it made a difference when most people walk. Um, and so my friends, they opened the door and I rolled in. And I can't, I can't imagine how many germs, and now that we're in this COVID-19 thing, how <laughs> yeah. many germs existed on that greasy, whopper-filled Burger King floor. But there was something about that roll that was kind of invigorating to me. And so I decided to take a second one. And so if there's any advice for people that want to roll into a place, if the first one goes well, don't try for the second one. And uh, I went for the second one, and when my feet came around, um, it was like the biggest explosion that you could have. I kicked someone uh, quite hard, and I looked up to see the most terrifying woman I had ever seen in my entire life. And she looked down at me, and she said these words over me. 
half grown man rolling around on the floor like a fool. That's stupid. And uh, I mean, I can't disagree with her, Zach. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, you, see, you cannot disagree with her at all. I mean, yeah, I was rolling around on the floor, uh, floor and, and I kicked her. So she had every right to be a little bit upset. And she asked me a question. It was a good question. She goes, why are you rolling around on the floor? I, I didn't have an answer. You didn't have an answer. No, no answer. No. I, I just proceeded to apologize as much as I could. You know, like I didn't realize you were going to walk into my rolling path. You know, <laughs> right. you know, so I apologized and I went to, to like, to, to go to the bathroom because I needed to go at that point. And um, I started bouncing up and down laughing because I thought she had left. So I go inside the bathroom and then I hear a knock at the door. It was like, knock, knock, knock. And she was, she was at the door. She goes, you ain't going to be laughing when I come in there and kick your butt. And at the <laughs> time, I was like, <laughs> kind of scared about that. man. Yeah, yeah I, I hid, dude. Like, I mean, I was six foot one, but I was probably only like 145 pounds at that point. Um, and so I hid in the stall out of fear. I, 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 I was like, what is this lady going to do to me? And so slowly but surely, I, I got the courage to walk out and look out. And my friends were laughing. They're like, dude, she's gone. And <laughs> She tried to talk to the manager and they couldn't talk to her because they were laughing too much. Um, <laughs> and so, but I, I took a metaphor away from that is that a lot of times when we are going through our life, you know, we're, we're rolling through life, we're walking through life, we're, we're, we're experiencing new things, that there's times when roadblocks come, obstacles get in our way, things, things intend to hurt us or they want to, they want to uh, keep us from where we're trying to go. And, and sometimes we, we face those things and sometimes we hide in the stalls. We hide from the things that, that we're meant to do. We hide from the things that we're supposed to do. We hide from the things that maybe we're gifted to do because we're, we're afraid. And I, and I began to look over my life and see a lot of that play out. Things that I knew I was supposed to do, but I was too afraid. Or, and I couldn't figure out what that fear was. A lot of times I thought it was maybe fear of rejection but then I thought back to different times in life where I had tried new things or stepped out or um, like my senior year in high school, I decided if a girl was pretty and I thought she was pretty, I was going to ask her out. Um, and so rejection wasn't it. But then I was like, what, what is it? Is it fear of failure? And for many of my, my years in my life, I thought it was fear of failure. But I don't think that's it either. For me, it was fear of not being enough, not being good enough. Not just for everybody else, but for me, and for letting to, uh, fear of letting people down, and I see that play out a lot in my life, and I have to choose: am I going to hide in the stall, or am I just going to step out there and see what happens? And I think this podcast for me is part of that, uh, at, at least in this part of my journey, is stepping out and having to not worry about being enough. Even before we go go on air, you telling me, "Hey, just just talk," yeah, you know it's it's a fear of mine and i and i have to fight that and part of doing this is to tell other people like whatever that fear is you know don't hide in the stall step out and do it you know and accomplish what you're meant to do yeah I, i think that's something even since we've started talking about this this podcast and i've kind of uh even kind of reflected on in in my own life is um you know we are we are we are we are specifically designed for for a purpose in in life and and you know and you and I as as brothers in Christ understand that and we we live in that and I you know even I mean you know for me even uh, in the last 
goodness, even the last six or seven years, you know, I've kind of gone through this, this journey of, you know, what I want to do just career wise and what's the, what's the path for me and taking, uh, honestly taking blind leaps of faith and just, Mm -hmm. you know, and just taking opportunities as they came to me. And, um, and that was something I don't think I would have done 10 years ago when I first met you is, uh, wanting to feel safe, you know? And I think a lot of times we, we do, we, we do, do not, we, we don't jump into opportunities that we know are right for us because we, we, we get comfortable and, or we fear what is not known. And, um, and again, it kind of goes into your story as you're talking about this and, and literally looking at just the last 10 years, I feel like you've, you've, you've been, there's a lot of doors that have been open to you. And you've kind of jumped through a lot of those doors. And I think a lot of that is because of kind of this journey that you've been on since you barrel rolled into a Burger King <laughs> and got shunned by, a, you know, this woman. Almost for, got destroyed, bro. <laughs> for, for acting a fool and, and almost rightfully so, I would say. But, Absolutely. you know, what else when you're, you know, you're that age? I'm sure anyone listening to this can look back to when they were, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20, 25, maybe 30 <laughs> years old and... And they just uh, they go, man, I, I really shouldn't have done that, you know. And and so you know, so I think that's that's interesting just to kind of see, you know, um, you know, as we record more podcasts and we listen to you, you know, you and others, you know, kind of expand on your stories. That's something I, uh, I think a lot of people will kind of enjoy just to see just kind of how you've used that story to kind of push through, um, in, um, you know, in your own life. I wanted to say too, real quick, that I feel like a lot of times we get really, you talked about comfortableness. Like I, I think we get comfortable with titles yeah, and that those titles dictate who we're supposed to be. And I've had a few titles in my life that were like that. And, you know, in high school, it was basketball player. And when I lost that, um, I, I had an injury and then the coach cut me from the team. And I had a hard time because all that I knew myself to be was basketball player. And when you wrap yourself up in a title like that, it's hard to step away from that and be somebody else or to really know who you are outside of that. And I think I experienced that same thing when I stepped out of the realm of vocational ministry. I mean, from the time I was 19, I held some kind of position at a church, even if it was summer intern or whatever. And so that's how I knew myself. And so it was very, very scary to step out of that role and to try something new like real estate, even though I felt like God was opening a door for me. And so you know, I, I've gotten more comfortable, I think, in the last few years, just not having to label myself anymore. Like, yeah. I don't have to be, I don't have to be a, a pastor or a real estate agent or, you know, a sports fan or, I mean, that's why I've come to the point of being able to say I'm a mentor. Yeah. If I'm in real estate, I'm a mentor. If I'm in ministry, I'm a mentor. If I'm, if I'm on the basketball court, I'm a mentor. Like, I'm a mentor wherever I go. And I'm comfortable in that title because it, it's not constricting. So let's, let's talk about identity for a minute. Cause I think that's kind of where you're, you're, you're going and kind of the direction you're pushing. Um, you had talked about, um, basketball and, uh, you know, as you know, we, you know, me uh, as well, you know, that was a lot of my identity in high school as well was, was athletics and, um, and just kind of living through that. And then, um, and kind of, that was, that was kind of life for me, you know, as well. But I think your story is, um, is, is 
you know, it's a lot more, um, I guess, relevant because of uh, the fact that, you know, we all have this kind of this vision when we're younger, just like what we want to be and what we want to do and what our passions are and what we love to do. And then, um, and then there, I always tell people, you know, today's the day I realize I'm not going to be a professional baseball player, you know, (laughs) and there's just those realizations that you come through throughout your life that like, okay, that's not, that's not who I'm going to be. I'm not going to play, you know, I'm not going to be a starting offensive tackle for the Dallas Cowboys, whatever the case might be. So, um, so I want to talk about identity, um, kind of that first brush with, kind of this identity I don't want to say it's a crisis but there's this dilemma of who you are so let's go back just real quick and just kind of talk to us about um talk to us about the the about basketball and what that meant for you in high school and kind of that story that I know this so that other people can hear kind of that story about um what happened and kind of how it pushed you into really kind of pushed you into uh into ministry so yeah, I would say like the biggest thing for me was um, I started playing basketball in fifth grade. So a lot of other guys had started way before me, but I had grown so quickly that I realized that this might be something that I could, you know, that I could do fairly well. And from the very beginning, I was pretty good um, on my sixth grade team. I, you know, I was scoring 10, 20, 15, you know, always, always in double figures. And so I realized pretty quickly it might be something that I was good at. And as I progressed through playing on middle school teams, it was something I was kind of known for. I was the kid who basically slept with my basketball. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I mean, I would, I would make out rosters of who was on each team, and I would pass to myself, and that person would score, and I would keep stats. I mean, it, it was, it was mere, <laughs> more, more insanity than anything. I was just so into basketball. At one point, I memorized where every single NBA player had went to college. Um, I just I, I knew all these stats for no reason, and and I can I can vouch I can vouch for that. Yeah, he definitely knows every Random, player. Minute bowl, you crazy know, ones. University of Bridgeport. You know, like it's I'm yeah, not talking what? about like yeah. guys that played at Kentucky. I'm talking know? about Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Not, oh, UNC. UNC. Yeah, <laughs> we're not talking about that. Yeah, we're talking about the small schools. I got all of them, and so I mean, I just loved the game of basketball. And when I went into ninth grade. When we did tryouts, there was nine guys that made it on the first day, and I was one of them. So it was it was like everything was going the direction that I thought it was going to go and should go. And slowly in ninth grade, I began to – I moved down to the B team, and I, I was starting for the B team still. But, you know, I was doing more rebounding than scoring and those kind of things. And then as I went into my sophomore year, I got hurt playing street ball. And I tore my ankle up pretty bad. And I know the coach thought I was bleeding the injury a little bit, that I was trying to skip practice. But if he would have known my heart, he would have known that there was nothing more than I wanted to be on that court because I loved basketball. And when it came to tryout time, I mean, he basically told me that you're too slow and you can't jump anymore. And, I mean, I was not even a week off of my first week back. And, yeah, I, I I was a little behind, but everything else was coming together. So I came back to the second day of tryouts, just knowing that this was going to be my chance. I had watched, you know, come fly with me with Jordan, and I knew he got shunned, and I, you know, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna be Jordan. And then I got cut, and he told me, "Hey, I'll let you be the manager. I won't make you mop any floors, um, but you can just keep keep stats." Right. And I agreed to that. Um, and then day one or two of practice, he asked me to mop the floor, and because I was too, yeah prideful 
to mop the floor. That that probably now looking back, that ended my basketball career. But at the time, the, all the blame was placed on him because he didn't see the talent. He didn't see the, my passion. He didn't see right. that I was the one that, that, that wanted it more than any of those guys. He didn't see me beating some of those guys on the playground one-on-one. He, he didn't see all that. And so I blamed, I blamed a lot on him. But I was conditioned to say, I'm coming back junior year. I'm going to be Jordan. You're going to, you're going to regret <laughs> that you didn't put me on the team. And I came back junior year and it was the same, same scenario. Stuff, yeah. The, I mean, I had a great tryout, but I didn't make the team. And looking back now, I can say it was because of my attitude towards walking the floor, probably not my talent or maybe it was, but, um, uh, but I lost that. And when I lost that, like I said earlier, I went on a, a journey to figure out who I was outside of that. Cause I didn't know, I had no clue. Um, I chased other things. I chased girls. I chased, you know, drinking. I chased party and I chased popularity. I chased a lot of it and just found that it didn't, it didn't satisfy me. I mean, I, I spent two, two and a half, three years doing all that. Um, and it just never, it never was enough. And I think the biggest, the biggest turning point of my life, um, I was doing a Bible study called experiencing God. Um, if you're familiar, it's Henry Blackaby is the author and it tells you to take a walk somewhere that you, that you don't normally go and just listen and talk to God. And when I did that, it led me down my own street and I came back and it led me back to my basketball goal. And I sat under the basketball goal and I was holding the basketball. And I think it was at that moment that I realized that number one, that's not who I was. Number two, I realized that I had been running from who I was or who I really was, which was God was calling me to be a mentor, calling me to be a youth pastor, calling me to make a difference in other people's lives. And I sat under that basketball goal and I held that basketball and I just cried because I felt like God was telling me, I still love you. I still have a plan for you. I still am calling you to this ministry. Basketball was not, not your end all be all. I got something bigger and different for you. And uh, I feel like that's when I was restored and sent back out to go do what it, I, I hope that I can look back and say I did with my life from that time on. But, um, yeah, and it was at that point I realized uh, I didn't lose basketball. I gained something better. Yeah, absolutely. And and I I think it's one of those things when when you um I think when you when you constantly seek like that that purpose that that God has for you, you, you kind of he he finds a way of 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 shutting I don't want to say shutting doors cuz that sounds really um cliché or you know, but yeah. Um, but we're talking about opening, you know, opening the stall, you know, and, and coming outside the stall and, and kind of, uh, you know, going into this, this path that's designed for you. And I think, you know, looking at that, um, listening to that story and then kind of going back to where you said, now my, my identity is mentorship. So what does that look like for Daryl? Like on a day to day basis right now? What does that look like for you? Well, in the real estate world, it looks like helping agents be successful and uh, answering questions and helping them give the best service that they can give to their clients. And then just in my life in general is I always want to have someone behind me that I'm pouring myself into someone that, you know, that can take a journey that goes far beyond what I could do. I mean, 
I kind of look at it as a, a coaching tree in a sense, like like you see in sports where you have this uh, mega coach like a Belichick or Bill Parcells or somebody who has all of these guys who come up after them that become head coaches and are successful. And I get more joy out of watching those guys and their successes and the things that they're doing and the things that they're accomplishing almost than I do out of myself. And so I enjoy just giving a piece of myself to those people because, again, there was people not willing to do that in my life. And then specifically, I just want to give a shout out to a man named Tim Ramsey who spent three years of his life pouring, pouring every inch of who he had into me. And and I'm a different person today because he took a chance on a guy that other people said wasn't worth the time. And, and so I want to be a Tim Ramsey in other people's lives. I want to be someone who they can look back on and say, man, when nobody else saw it, he saw it. When nobody else gave time, he gave time, whether it be somebody in the real estate world or someone that's, you know, fresh going into ministry. And our church has a really incredible program where they uh, have interns. Um, it's a school of ministry called Pastor Dongo School of Ministry, named after a pastor that was in Uganda that spent most of his time mentoring young kids and helping them know know the Bible and know scripture. And so out of that, you know, the, the church still, even though I'm not on staff, has asked me to continuously every semester mentor one of those or sometimes two of those guys. And, and that's been a joy for me because I get to pour into somebody that, that's going to continue to make an impact probably far beyond my lifetime even. And um, that's that's what I want now. It's not It's not even about putting my name out there as much as I want to help people become who they're supposed to be. Um, and if I do that, then I'm happy. Yeah, and I think um... – uh, you know, one of the, one of the best quotes that I've come across, uh, you know, recently just dealing with some personal things in my life, we were just talking about the, the, uh, you know, kind of the uh, effect of people and kind of the ripple effect and, and how, um, on earth we, we had this short period of time, um, when you compare it to eternity is extremely short and, and what is our ripple effect on people? And what is our, how 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 long does our ripple kind of go? You know, and it's not like a sense of pride to say, look how far my ripple went, but it's it's that sense of pouring and investing into another person and seeing um, their successes and seeing where it takes them and how they pour into others and kind of creating this chain reaction of of um, uh, you know of you know support or um you know or if it's mentorship or if it's encouragement or if whatever it can be it can be you know and uh it can be just in your career it can be at church it can be uh with family i mean it can be anywhere and you know i think god's blessed both of us with careers that we can do that yeah. um you know I know people are hearing me probably for the first time most of your people are gonna be listening to this probably like who's zach who's this guy you know and uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a principal and, yeah. uh, it allows me to do a lot of the same things on a daily basis with, uh, you know, with kids and, and adults, but mainly kids and, and really invest in their lives and, uh, you know, and mentor to them. And so when I hear mentorship, it, it just really, um, I don't know, it resonates with me a lot more just because I feel like that's kind of one of the, I guess that's one of the identities that I would say, you know, that God's given me right now in my life is his mentor, um, you know, and, and leader and teacher. And I think those are, you know, um, I, you know, I see a lot of that. I think that's, I think that's one thing that probably makes us so, um, uh, 
uh, compatible compatible is yeah. is that you know we kind of had those the, a, a lot of those same you know desires with people and um, and even as we're preparing for this podcast we we were talking just yesterday and we were talking about these um, you know about this buddy of yours who had um, or I guess who had called you up and just left you a voicemail and um, and was kind of asking you these these three questions that you were. Uh, that you thought just were pretty significant and just, you know, about two buddies who hadn't seen each other for a long time and kind of just, you know, you kind of meet up and you got those good friends that you don't see for a long time and then you see each other and it's like, okay, so where do you start? You know, yeah. most of the time we start with the weather, you yeah. know, oh man, it's hot, you know, or sports or sports or whatever, <laughs> you know, you see that, you know, which we don't have right now, but anyway, <laughs> no but, sports. but there were these three questions that you just thought were just, um, just, really just really important for you and so um talk to us about about that yeah yes it was actually one of my former students which is you know cool because i feel like there's times in life where the student becomes the teacher yeah and uh this is a guy who's really followed his passions and it's taken him around the world and, and so forth and so on and he sent me a, a voice message and he just said you know i got three questions for you uh, he goes i feel uh, there's no better way to to uh, kind of reconnect with somebody than to ask these three questions. And he had somebody do it to him and he was passing that on to me. And the questions were, what are you most excited about? What are you most afraid of? And what do you feel is your purpose? And, um, you know, when I got that, I'm like, man, that's, and I was in a grocery store parking lot, but I just sat there for a second because I was like, man, that's, that's deep. Yeah. I mean, most of my friends are like, Hey, how you doing? This dude just bust out with like, what are you most excited about? What are you, what are you most afraid of and what is your purpose? And so I, I sat there in the grocery store parking lot and um, I had to record it twice because I got a little choked up the first time, just realizing that nobody had asked me that in a, in a long time. And, and when I thought about what I was most excited about, a lot of it had to do with watching some of the guys I'm mentoring right now and the positions that they're getting to take on. It had to do with my kids, uh, watching my, you know, watching my daughter play her first season of high school softball, watch my other daughter chase her, her acting and cheerleading dreams. And so a lot of it was tied up in that as far as excitement. But then what, what was I most afraid of? That's when I think I really clarified that my fear was not rejection. It was not failure, that it was not being enough. And it does kind of go all go together, but it's a little different in that I just I hold myself to such a high standard. I can't be second. I have to be first. Uh, it's a competitiveness in me. And it's also something that causes me to step out and to do things and yeah. chase dreams. But it's also something that can be very negative because yeah. when I chase those dreams, even if I'm being successful, I can't always enjoy that success because I got to take the next step because I'm afraid of not being enough. And so I could, I could be the most successful real estate agent or the most successful mentor, the most successful, you know, you name it in the world. And I think I would still push for more. And people, people who aren't like that don't understand that about me. <laughs> but um, that's just, that's just the way I'm wired. And it's, you know, some of it comes from things that happened in my past or whatnot. But that's, that's what I struggle against. That's what keeps me in the stall sometimes is just like, Sometimes I don't want to try something new if I'm not good at it immediately. Take skiing, for example. I can't ski, but <laughs> I went and tried to go skiing one day, and um, I went I went to the ski school, and everybody else passed, and I fell four times going to the slopes for the first time, and he told me to stay back at the bunny slopes. 
did I stay back and practice? No, I, I turned my skis in. Yeah. Because I wasn't the best. And so it could be a negative thing. And so I have to learn to sometimes step out of the stall and, and be okay with not being first or, or, you know, not being on top or not making the team, you know, and that's, that's something that I think I struggle with on my side. And then, um, you know, what is my purpose? Well, I think, you know, I've said mentorship, but also I think it's funny how everything about you kind of all ties in together. I'm, I'm very much an extrovert. Um, and I'm also, my spiritual gift is exhortation, which is, uh, which is, you know, encouraging people. My love language is words of affirmation. That's mine too. So, I mean, I'm, everything, everything all ties together. I affirm people because what I really want in my life is to be affirmed. Yeah. And my gift is affirming people. (laughs) And my, my, I feel like my purpose in life is the mentor, which is very, very verbal in the way that, uh, that I'm affirm people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it all plays together. But yeah, I think, I, I think that really is a, you know, cause you're talking about, uh, words of affirmation and I've even had, uh, um, you know, I even have, you know, my, some of my bosses tell me like, that's, I know what that is. They, they can just see it, you yeah. know? Um, and I think a lot of people love to be told, Hey, you're doing a good job or, you know, I you really appreciate this or, you know, because it gives us, it gives us confidence to keep going because we see that, Hey, I'm doing something right. Or I'm, I'm, I'm leading the way I'm supposed to lead or I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And, and like you talked about kind of staying in that path and saying, okay, this is, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm doing what I need. And not, and it's not just like a, a checkbox or um, like, okay, I'm doing my job so I don't get fired or something like that. It's, it's living in that purpose and saying, okay, I'm fulfilling that purpose. I'm fulfilling that goals. I'm fulfilling my, uh, my aspirations and just kind of like just living in that. And so and I think you see it a lot more when, when you're like that, because then you realize, man, this is important to me. It's important to someone else, you yeah. know, and, and other people are going to need, that encouragement because I know when I don't get that encouragement, I think, oh man, I'm, I'm yeah. screwing up. I'm doing something really wrong. And, yeah. and so, you know, the lack of encouragement sometimes feels like death to those who need, who need it so yeah. desperately. And, you know, I, I think it goes both ways when, when you are harsh with someone, especially if it's someone that's close to you. Yeah. Like if it's someone that's like in your inner circle and they're harsh with you, that, that hurts even more to the person who needs affirmation. And so, I mean, I just feel like all that plays in together, though. And I think that's when he said, what is your purpose here on this earth? It's to encourage. Like, God made me that way. He made me to desire it. He made me to, to want to give it. Um, it's it's the way that I love people well. Um, it's been in most of the jobs that I've done. Yeah. I've had to use my verbal, you know, verbal exhortation and every single thing. And my second one is pastor shepherding. It goes together like yeah. shepherding and hurting and helping people become who they're supposed to be. And I guess that's why I'm here on this podcast. It's not that I think I'm so important that people should listen to me. It's just that I have this huge desire to, to help people become what they should be and, and what they're called to be and to use those talents, no matter how raw or how, you know, how, uh, untalented you may think you are you have something to give you have somebody to be you have someone that you can influence and if i can influence one person then for me it's worth it yeah absolutely and i think um what a lot of people should know is this is not going to be 
you know, it's not going to be necessarily your story every week. And it's going to be other people who have kind of gone through this, this journey themselves and, um, who have, you know, and it goes back to those three questions, you know, and it'll be something we ask a lot of people, you know, what are you excited about? What are you, what are you afraid of? And, And what's your purpose? And, and letting us go to those people and let them tell their stories because, even in prepare in preparing for this, when we're listening and we're doing our homework on like what makes what makes telling what makes storytelling successful and what makes it resonate with people, you know, a lot of the stuff that we were listening to, it, it is people telling their story because I think a lot of times people go, "There's no one out there who understands me. Yeah. There's no one out there that understands everything I'm going through," and the realization is that there is exactly someone there's at least one person out there that is has, that's going through something similar and there's always someone who can um relate to you and and understand that and say you know um i understand i understand what you're going through and yeah. and, and and have that like you said that leadership that shepherding that you know that pastoring to say hey um i've been there i can i can, I can help you get out i can help yeah. you i can help you get back onto that that path that you need to be on. And, um, so, um, I guess just talk to us about, you know, why, why storytelling, uh, why hearing, not necessarily storytelling, but why hearing other people's stories and, uh, and hearing what they've gone through and kind of what they relate to. Why is that important? And, and, and kind of what's the purpose for that for, for, you know, for the podcast and what, you know, our, um, you know, our mission is for this. Yeah, well, it, if you've known about things that I've put out in the past, one of the things that I've I've written was a book called No One Really Knows. And the title of that book is surrounding that whole idea you just spoke of that I felt like when I was growing up that no one understood me. And when you feel like you're alone or you feel like no one gets you or no one understands you or that everyone has a different expectation of you than what you really are, yeah. then then you feel like that you're you're on you know a boat to nowhere and no one else knows about that boat. Yeah. And um I think I think what I realized is exactly what you just said number one uh God knew in, in the in the midst of all my all my searching and all my you know broken relationships and all the people that let me down that in, in, in the middle of all of that God knew what I was going through and God knew what I needed and God knew the path that he had for me in advance. But also, I think, as you're talking about hearing other people's stories, there's a lot of power in what my church is called Me Too. When, when you can hear somebody's story, and it doesn't have to be like, man, I was, I was running, and a car almost ran me over, and I pulled two tires off the front yeah. and threw it at the guy that was driving, and yeah. it exploded. Like, it doesn't have to be that. There's, there's yeah. power in stories that people can relate to. Like, so there's there's power in stories where you can say I'm afraid when we're vulnerable enough to say I'm afraid or, or sometimes it's hard for me to step out and do some of this stuff. I think people have a misconception of me for one that I am super um, confident and I'll just step out and try anything. Now you don't know how many walls I have to break through to get to do something of these things that I, that I've tried over the years. And so, um, I think there's some power in the idea of me too. And so the reason I want to do this podcast is I want to bring on, I want to bring people on who have overcome some stuff and, and they've seen success in their life. I want people to be able to find a story they can resonate with and say, you know what? I don't resonate with Daryl's story 
Or I may not resonate with Zach's story, but I, I, I resonate with this person's story. Or I resonate with that person's story because I think there's power in realizing you're not alone. Number one, God's there. Number two, there's other people who have been there and walked that same path. And if you can, if you can realize that, then there's, you know, then there's a lot more hope. And I just want to bring people hope uh, through the stories of other people. Yeah, and I think there's 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 a certain I don't want to say con- confidence would be a, a a terrible word for it, but uh, it's the first one that comes to mind. But there's a there's a reassurance, I guess, when you you're living through um, a trial or you're living through a uh, a valley or whatever you know whatever word you want to give it, and you sit there and you 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 hear the story of someone else who's done something similar, who's been in the, the same boat as you, and then you say, okay, you know, you look at where they are and you, and you, you hear their story and you say, okay, there's there's a way out of this hole. And, and there's, you know, um, it was actually when you were talking, it reminded me of a, uh, a clip from uh, one of my favorite shows, uh, The West Wing, and one of the characters is, um, is dealing with um, an event and, is really worried about kind of how to bring himself out of it. Uh, and one of his mentors on the, one of the mentors in the show for, for that character comes up to him and he goes, um, tells him a story about a guy who's, who's down in a, down in a hole and he's trapped and there's these people that come by and, um, you know, he's yelling for help and they just kind of, you know, dismiss him or whatever the case. And then this friend comes by and he goes, and he tells him like, Hey, you know, Joe, my friend, you know, come down here and help me out. And the friend jumps down there in the hole. He's like, you're crazy. Now we're, we're both stuck down here. And the friend goes, yeah, but I've been here before. I know the way out. Yeah. And, and I just, that's always been a, uh, just a powerful story for me because I know that no matter how low I, I go, I know there's someone who's been there. And, and I know sometimes we're like, no, you know, you, you've never, you've never yeah. been as low as me, but and it, realistically there, you know, we've all been to that, that, po- you know, to some low point and there's going to be somebody who's, who's dealt with that struggle and there's going to be someone that can say, Hey, I know the way out. I know, I know how to do that. And I, you know, I think that's why, you know, I think that I know that's why God puts certain people in our lives at a certain times because he knows that's, that's the person that's going to, you know, invest and that's the person who's going to be the that's the person i'm sending you know as as my as my person you know as my uh messenger Mm -hmm. to 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 who you know to whomever and you know i can look back and even in the last year of my life and say you know this is this is my this is who this is who god sent as a messenger for me to keep me um you know just to keep me to to that to that point when I've had low moments and and so I think that's encouraging just kind of like what you're talking about with the goal of the podcast and just hearing those other stories and so that hopefully like you said if one person resonates with a story that we tell if we do twenty podcasts a hundred whatever if 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 one person resonates with a story and is encouraged by that then I think that's our goal and that's yeah, our success if, if one person gets out of the stall that's been hiding you know, and, and has been hiding from who they're supposed to be or hiding from the goals or the other purpose they have in life. If one person steps out and, and does something courageous, I mean, that's, that's good enough for me. And I think it's also for, for everyone who's listening to think, 
okay, don't be afraid to share your mistakes. Don't be afraid to share the times that maybe you didn't, you didn't win. I mean, it, it, I don't enjoy talking about getting cut from the basketball team. I would rather everyone think that I played in college, but it's not my story. Right. And if I refuse to tell that story and I've told that story so many times and had teenagers come up to me and say, Hey, I was cut from baseball. And I, I, that made me feel better knowing that I wasn't the only one or I was cut from this or I was cut from that. And so use your story, use your, not only your highlight reel, but use your failures, your vulnerabilities, your, your mistakes. Um, because that's the only day to, way to redeem them. I mean, isn't that isn't that really when you look back? And I I I, I'm, I don't want to speak for both of us, but I'm, I'm just going to speak for myself. And I'm I'm pretty sure you'll 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 resonate with this. But isn't our biggest our our areas of greatest? I don't want to say triumph, but the the times of life where we grow the most is in our failure. Is is in those mis- even in our mistakes? And I I just feel you know. Um, it's one thing I tell kids all the time at, at school, as I said, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to take a, a chance with a problem or a situation and, and don't be afraid to take that next step. And I feel like that's something, if that's something I'm preaching to, uh, my kids and that's what we're, that's, that's, that's something I can practice myself. And so I, I find great encouragement in failure because I know that not only is it natural, but it's, it's also saying, okay, this didn't work this way so how do i persevere how do i how do i move forward how do i get to that next you know yeah. the next stage and i try to remind myself of that being that i am the driven person i am is that it's in my weakness that god's able to be strong yeah and i don't have to be strong all the time even though i feel i always felt like people expected me to be yeah um whether it be in my family or my friend group or whatever i, I always had to lead i always had to be strong i always had to be happy i always had to have a joke you know and so I've realized that, no, it's in my weakness that he's he's most strong. I don't remember that every day. If I said I did, I'd be lying. I wouldn't be on this podcast talking about my fear of not being good enough. But there are days when, you know, when God reminds me of that, that I'm like, yeah, you're right. In my weakness, that's when you're able to do the best things. And that's when I've seen him do the biggest things in my life is when I put myself aside and let him just do what he wants to do. Absolutely. And I think that can be our kind of our first podcast kind of challenge to anyone who's listening to us is um, is kind of write down, write whatever works for you. I know some people are very, uh, some people write, some people are verbal, some people blog, some people will yell it out, whatever the case, however you uh, kind of document your, your thoughts and your processes is kind of answer those three questions. And that's what, you know, what am I excited about right now? Um, what am I afraid of? And what's my purpose and just see where that goes and just kind of see what that brings out of you. Cause it's sometimes you ask those yourself, those, those hard questions and you really separate yourself from everything that's going around, you know, putting your cell phone up and, and just really listening to yourself and, and listening to, you know, what we would say, listening to what God's purpose is for you and just listening to him. I think when you make that time, it really does bring out, um, you know, it, it brings out a lot of truth and a lot of things that sometimes make you a little uncomfortable. So I think that's a great challenge for, for us at the end of this first podcast is to answer those questions. Uh, what are you excited about? What are you afraid of? And what's your purpose? And, you know, we'll share some information here in a second where you can share that with us if you feel, um, you know, if you feel led to. And, you know, we'll share some ways that you can connect with the podcast. But I am really excited about 
you know, the, the future of this, whether, you know, as long as it lasts or, and just, you know, and trying to encourage others and, um, and we'll have, you know, get other guests and we'll hear more about them and, you know, people will hear a little bit about us because I know we, we just, that's just kind of natural. So, we are. Um, you know, we're just talkative people. So, um, so I think, you know, thanks for listening to the podcast and, um, and we'll see you next time and we'll leave some, uh, some ways to contact us here in just a second. And we just hope you have a, a blessed week. And, um, and again, just ask yourself those three questions. What am I excited for? What am I afraid of? And what is my purpose? If you would like to continue the conversation, visit us on Twitter at Outside the Stall or visit my website, www.darylhawk.com. Last name is H-A-L-K. We'd love to continue the discussion about what fears are holding you back from living a life outside the stall.